Crush on Radio's best of 2013. Mm-hmm. Insert, it, insert it uh, appropriate music here. Yeah. Would it be uh, appropriate to call this a season finale of sorts? Uh, more or less, yeah. Um, I was going to say that for the end of the episode, but if you want to... Okay, keep it as a surprise. <laughs> Too late. <laughs> <laughs> well, they don't know what the surprise is. Should well, we start over? Eh, why bother? Uh, no, um, we're... The, uh, it's Crusher that Radio- dedication to you, the listener. <laughs> Crusher Radio is going to be taking kind of a, a hiatus sort of break. We're going to rejigger the show. Um, need to, we're going to redo the website. And the new, new format is going to be mostly sort of like a one-on-one interview type of deal. I'm going to bring some folks in who I admire musically. Though you're still going to hear from uh, Matt and Andrew. They're just going to pop in less often. And we're going to do the, uh, the old-fashioned shows then. But uh, yeah, it's gonna, we're going to change it up, try to do some different stuff. And that should hopefully start eh, in a couple in a month or two. Uh, just kind of get, get people lined up and stuff. So it's a reboot, they call it. Yeah, you know, um, reboot, retool, reboot, a reboot, a pivoting. Pivot. How many episodes have we done as a trio? Um, uh, I guess. Do you want to count the the ones that uh, Matt was in? Um, I don't know. Portland. Portland. Portland yeah. Um, basically, this is the season. This is episode twenty of our season two. And for season one, we did uh, 30, 30 something, <laughs> 31, 31. Yeah. So that's, uh, this is 51 episodes of Crush on Radio. Wow. 52 you if know, you want to uh... count the like three minute uh, test episode we did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, 51 is a very significant number in certain circles. So I think it's a good one to. What circles are those? I don't know. <laughs> Write in and let us know. Should I should I mention my new thing too, or should we do that at the end also? Yeah, let's get it out of the way. Okay. Um, <laughs> likewise, in a couple of months, like um, I have been working on a new podcast called The Painful Threshold, mm. and it will be a, a UK style panel show. Um, still kind of working out the kinks of it, and I'm probably going to do a demo here, hopefully, pretty soon, and then hopefully we'll have a you know. A working demo to kind of figure out more of the kinks and then actually be able to launch here in a, in a couple months. So, so stay tuned. I have no plans, um, <laughs> but you could follow me on Twitter. <laughs> uh, we'll, def- you'll, you'll, we'll, we'll definitely be bringing you back though from time to time. Don't. So, oh, good. Yeah, I, I, yeah. It, it feels kind of it would be kind of me not to. I think. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think we're like breaking up the band here or nothing. It's just you know. Yeah, we have. We're doing uh we're not breaking up the band, we're just, you know, doing some solo projects. Yeah, it's uh it's a time for um for a little change, you know. We had a good run. Uh-huh. Time to innovate, as it were. Yes. Yeah. You know, it, it it's sort of like fortunately I don't think not any of us can be the Peter Chris, so uh, we're doing those like solo <laughs> kiss albums. <laughs> I'm a kitty. <laughs> I don't know, which was the solo kiss album that really sucked? I thought they all pretty much sucked equally, honestly. <laughs> Although I think Peter Chris is usually the one that, you know, I think he gets the most shit of, of 
all of the KISS members. So, or at least one time KISS members, because I think now isn't KISS basically just Gene? I mean, haven't like hasn't even like Ace had like a falling out now? I have no goddamn clue. <laughs> I just know that, oh, hey, yeah, I just know there's Kiss, I know they wear the makeup, I know some of their songs, and I know they did those four solo albums. Yeah. Anyway, we have a lot to talk about, because this is, as I mentioned, our best of 2013. Oh, yeah. So can you give them a, a rundown of the format, Rich, of how this is going to work, in case yeah. there's anybody who has not listened to the previous best of show? No. We're going to... You, they have to figure it out as it, as it goes. No. Um, okay. Our, we, what we're going to be doing is uh, talking about our five favorite songs of 2013, because if we talk about our five favorite albums of 2013, we never finish. And yeah, we're just going to go through and uh, we all lined up our uh, our picks and there's surprisingly no overlap. So um, let's, let's see. How, what order do we want to do this in? Depends on who do... wants to end the countdown. Let's see. Well, do you want to do like it is like five 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 four 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 or go five four three two one five four three two one? Oh well, no, last, five, no, five, last five. time, yeah, last time we did five 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 four four. But I just want to, who wants to, who should we go first? Let's see, employer's choice. You're so fired, uh, <laughs> Andrew. You, you, you yes, stepped I am. Up, you fact. stepped up to the plate. Okay. <laughs> All right. So uh, my number. Thank you. My <laughs> I had some trouble coming up with my. Um, Number five pick because I had a, a smart playlist in iTunes of all of the albums from 2013, and I was just going to, you know, go through and pick my top five favorite songs from that playlist uh, when we got ready to do the show. And I got to uh, the, f- I picked out my first four fairly easily, and then I got to my fifth one, and I was torn between like three different songs. So it took me like days um, to pick it. But the one that I went with, which I'm quite proud of in retrospect now since we made these picks uh, a couple of weeks ago is the I think it's the first single uh, by Lord uh, and her album Pure Heroin which came out last year of course and uh, that song is Royals so we can play that for the folks now I cut my teeth on wedding rings in the movies and I'm not proud of my address in a torn up town, no postcode envy. But every song's like gold teeth, gray goose dripping in the bathroom, bloodstains, ball gowns, trash in the hotel room. We don't this song is, it kind of, I forget how even I encountered it, probably just on RDO or something, but um, I was kind of going back and forth because this, I feel like this song could. Very easily. I mean, I don't listen to the radio, but I feel like it could easily become uh, an overplayed single. But uh, I'm glad that I picked it anyway because I've been listening to the rest of the album over the past couple of weeks, and it's really good. Um, Basically, she is—I forget how old she is. She's like 17 or something, um, and from New Zealand. And uh, this is her first record, first studio album, anyway. And it's really good. I really like it from start to finish. I've been listening to the extended version. Um, with like five bonus tracks and even the bonus tracks are really good so uh, this song in particular was just the one that kind of grabbed me the most I think it's the easiest way in it's kind of the um, there, she's got a pretty good hook writing talent um, but I think this is uh, Royals is a good way into the album um, I'm just a big fan I think she she's really talented I think probably I'll have to bring up the Wikipedia page but I think most of the songs were co-written if I'm not mistaken but I still think that she has a lot of uh, innate talent and a a nice voice and a great um, sensibility, musical sensibility. 
Oh, I just find her very refreshing in a in an era of of Miley Cyrus's and so forth. So, um, yeah, I think that's my pick number five. Um, I I remember the first time I heard this song. To my knowledge, was on the radio when getting lunch at work. Um, <laughs> and I didn't know what it was at the time, so like, oh, this is interesting. Yeah. Uh, I actually finally bothered to give it a listen when uh, iTunes was doing this like twelve days of gifts thing. Yes. And like one of them was the second single, or I don't know if it's the second single. It's the single No Better. I'm like, okay, I'll give this a shot. And hey, it's got the music video for Royals in it. Yeah, this song's pretty mm-hmm. good. So I turned around and bought the extended album because I am that kind of guy and I don't want to buy just the normal ordinary record. I want the, ah. all the bonus tracks. <laughs> so it's kind of interesting. And she, she was what, 16 when she wrote this? I think so. She's, um, let's see, I'll bring up, I got it right here. Wait for it. She was born in 96, so she's 17. I feel so old right now. <laughs> I want you all to know this. Um, so yeah, I guess, it's, for, yeah, go oh, on that. I was going to say, for me, I, like, I, with this song, I'd, I'd been kind of avoiding it just because of, you know, it is kind of everywhere. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I had heard it before, I just not actually paid attention to it. And it's like, it's, for me, it's kind of funny because, like, I really like everything except for the chorus. The chorus, I think, gets a little whiny, but like everything else around it, including like the pre-chorus and everything, is completely solid. So, there you go. Interesting. Yeah. Um, it's just going to be interesting to see where where her career goes because there it's, uh, and as she matures as a songwriter, I'm not sure I agree necessarily with the uh, the cultural critique of pop music that she's making here mm-hmm. because then again, it's like if this is what you think pop music is, you're not really paying attention to what's happening elsewhere in the space so it's like the same people who complain that all hip-hop and rap is just you know glorifying drugs and sex and violence and like yes there's a lot of that but you know it's you're 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 going by a very shallow uh tap in the uh, genre mm-hmm. you're not listening to the right stuff yeah but i think she's making the right stuff which helps mm-hmm. yeah i mean as far as a debut album goes for a 17 year old i think it's a, a pretty impressive effort um i was stuck on the first Really, tracks one, three, and four were kind of the the main tracks that I listened to, and it actually took me quite a while to to get into the rest of the album. But I've been giving it some serious play over the last couple of weeks, and uh, I'm happy to say that the whole thing is really quite solid, in my opinion, from a from start to finish. So uh, I'm excited for her. I'm looking forward to, to seeing where her career goes and stuff. Okay. First pick done. Yes, mm-hmm. Matt. I, Matt, I th- I'm going to let you take this one. Okay, um, this one actually, uh, why don't you go first, because mine is kind of uh, related to yours. So you go first, Rich, and I'll explain later. Rebellion? Okay. I know. This is why I'm canceling the show. and retweeting. Uh, <laughs> okay, my, my, my uh, number five this year, or for last year, period, time, uh, is, the, is from Janelle Monet, the second single of her third record, Electric Lady, and it is called dance apocalyptic and it may sound familiar to some people on this show so <laughs> but let's hear it now fun song i mean in terms of just like pop song of the year this is the 
second greatest pop song of the year. Um, the pop song of the year is my number one pick, and I will come to that when we come to that. Um, so there's there's just so much happening on this one rec on this one song, and it's incredibly it it it's earth shaking, it's booty shaking, it's uh, manages to be manages to be brilliant pop and intelligent at the same time. There, there's I, I think we ran into this problem when we were talking about the record, uh, that it's so good, there's precious little that you can say about it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think that uh, Matt wins in the sense of this is the only pick of somebody else's who ended up in somebody else's top five, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think this is, actually. <clears throat> uh, and, so nice job there, Matt. Okay, yeah. And actually, that's the thing is, like, uh, that's why I chose my number five is because uh, I because Rich picked his first because he was on the ball and he was like, "You bastard! You stole my answer." <laughs> well, so I don't so, think there's anything necessarily wrong with overlap but on a top five. So, but, well, oh I no, I, I, I well I know, but I just kind of fi- I figured it'd be a little bit of a cop out if we you know had the same stuff on the on each list you know. So I I did the Janelle Monet related track uh we're far enough from heaven now that we can freak or we're far enough from heaven now we can freak out uh by deep cotton who uh y'all pro- probably know as uh uh the production team that works heavily with uh janelle monet on her records okay i didn't know that but now I oh well there you go um and yeah they're they're part of the uh, wonderland uh collective and everything and they are awesome and uh this the single which we'll we'll actually hear now The single was actually released last or year prior, uh, 2002, but uh, 2013 was the year of their very first uh, album slash mixtape, which was released for free on their website, which will be in the, the show notes. And the entire album is pretty much solid, but like I think that is kind of the the hit of the record. So I, I went with that one, and yeah, it, it it's really awesome. So I just thought that was a that was a uh, good replacement for uh, Dance Apocalyptic. Nice. Um, I think I prefer. I like both of the songs, but I think I prefer Dance Apocalyptic a little bit better. Um, I remember listening to that album when Matt picked it, and uh, it's really. Uh, quite a masterfully done album, and that song in particular was the one that I put on my uh, my winter 2013 playlist. Um, so I was I had that one in regular rotation as well. It's just a great, you know, fun like Rich said, fun uh, pop song with a good groove and stuff, and it's nice and funky. Um, we're far enough from heaven now we can freak out. I like I like that song, but I feel like that chorus is dangerously close to being a a nefarious, an insidious earworm. Um, <laughs> oh, you say <laughs> it like uh, it's such a bad thing. Well, I mean, it's super catchy, but um, it's almost catchy uh, in, um, I don't want to say annoying because that's kind of mean, but in a, in like an earwormy sort of way for me. Um, it's a good tune. I can remember how it goes, um, <laughs> but it's almost uh, insidiously so, in my opinion. So, But it's a good, good track. All right. So uh, now we're up to uh, our number fours. Number four. <laughs> Woo. Yeah. Um, I guess, yeah, Andrew, you're, you're back. Back to me. Uh, my fourth pick 
was from I don't I never had a ch- I don't think I had a chance to talk about the the Lord album, um, which I kind of regret because it's um it's really good, like I said. But I picked uh, this next one uh, at some point last year, and it is Portugal the Man, uh, their album Evil Friends, and the song is called Creep in a T-shirt, which we will play for the folks. So this song has, in my opinion, lost none of its awesomeness from when I picked it uh, last year. It's just so good. Like every time I listen to it, like I would listen to the whole thing and I like haven't gotten sick of it. That's been one of my criteria for this list. And um, it's just a great cathartic sort of pop rock song. I mean, uh, the chorus is fantastic and it's just really uplifting and it's got a unique sound to it, too. I think um, the sort of indie rock um, tone to it. And uh, it's just really good. I think it's really unique, and it um, it's it's stuck with me and consistently been one of the songs that I get excited when when it comes on shuffle or something like that. So, creep in a t-shirt, get it. Yeah, this was. I remember uh, before we did the episode, I was talking with. Um, oh my goodness, why am I blanking on the gentleman's name? Guy from Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. works at a museum. The other oh, guy from Zen Geek. <laughs> oh, Jeffrey. Jeffrey. Jeffrey yeah, Jeffrey and Show. Oh my god, I, I am so sorry, Jeffrey, if you're Cut listening for, for for blanking on your name. And uh, he gave me a ringing, great endorsement of uh, the Portugal the Man record. This and, one, Evil Friends. Yeah, yeah. Well, do they have any other records? I think yeah, they, they do. I think they're one of those bands that come out with a record like every three months. Portugal the Man. Yeah, yeah I think I think when we actually when Andrew actually picked them, I think we found out this is like their like seventh record or something oh. like crazy oh. like that. Indeed, indeed. Wow. Yeah, it's like their seventh record in. I can't do this math, but their first album came out in 2006. They had one 2007, 8, 9, 10, 11, and 13, as long, uh, along with uh, EPs and, and stuff. That's so quite, quite prolific. In a good way. I appreciate mm-hmm. that. Uh, nothing like uh, having a, a wonderful band that makes you make three, three, four years for a record. Yeah. Um, this, yeah, the whole record, like uh, Jeffrey Endorsement uh, suggests, the whole record is, is very good. Um, 12 tracks. It's very solid from start to finish. Nothing too overwhelming or anything. Um, a lot of standout tracks, a lot of really catchy hooks and stuff. Uh, I think this is their first, I think we said um, when we discussed the album that this is their first collaboration with Danger Mouse, um, who is a renowned producer of sorts, I believe. Uh, so, I don't think that came up before because I would have remembered that. Hmm. So, if, now now that you mention it, like if uh, it, I can sort of sense some of that production because it does sound a little like the only real exposure I've had to Danger Mouse's production. I was like, hey, didn't he produce the Gnarls Barkley records? Or the oh, Gnarls yeah, Barclay? he was half of half of Gnarls Barkley. Oh, that makes perfect sense then. Yeah. Also, uh, he did a uh, sparse quality to the mix that really seems to be his trademark, and, and sparse in a good way. Mm-hmm. He also did uh, one of the Gorillaz albums, too. Yeah, I've never actually bothered listening to Gorillaz. Oh, man, they're awesome, dude. It, it, it's not for lack of wanting to, it's more just like lazy. Oh, well, you need to, you need to fix that with a quickness. Fine, I'll get to it. <laughs> is that the Gorillas with a Z who did that song? Yeah, yeah, you know, like, um, well, they had a bunch of hits, but like, you know, uh, Clint happened. Eastwood. Yeah, they're, Clint Eastwood. They're, they're they're the animated band. The, 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 they're all cartoon characters. Yeah, I like that song. 
I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm not familiar. I've probably heard it, but I can't recall it. Yeah, I forget when that song came out. It was pretty uh, a while ago. I'm not familiar with Danger Mouse's work, but uh, I do recommend the entirety of Evil Friends. Uh, all of the the music video, the songs with music videos, uh, Evil Friends, Purple, Yellow, Red, and Blue, Atomic Man, Modern Jesus, all very good standout tracks, along with Creep in a T-Shirt, which I don't even think was a single, which is amazing because it's the best song on the record. Well, sometimes that's how it works. Uh, well, yeah. usually well, Andrew, go true. check out the, the two Gnarls Barkley records, or at least the first Gnarls Barkley record. I will do that. Yeah, I got, I'm, the second one is really good, too, but, like, the first one... It's not one as is, good as the first one. Yeah, but the thing is, is, I mean, like, the first one is, like, like an A+, and the second one is an a good, solid A, creeping up on A+, but not quite as strong as the other one. I was going to give it more an A-, minus, but whatever. Then okay. We're not, okay. So it's, that, that's well within a standard deviation. Yeah, they're, they're, I mean, the, the important thing is that they're both A records yep. in, that, in, that, in that realm. Okay, so uh, I think we're up to... Um, Unless we have anything more to say about uh, Portugal, the man that we didn't say before, I think we're up to, uh, I guess I'll go with my fourth. Hit it. Uh, this is the uh, first repeat artist from 2012. Uh, a dear friend of mine and an incredible musician. This is Void Visions. Uh, um, a, the the song from her uh, split EP that came out last year uh, with a band called Vice Device, and it's called Aversion. So let's hear some of that now. Void Vision, I, I've been a fan of them for years. Uh, they're real, she's got an album coming out uh, this year, later this year, called Sub Rosa, which will be pretty fucking awesome if any of the uh, tracks I've heard from it uh, are any indication. Uh, this the A version will also be on that record, so um, it's disqualified for uh, 2014 inclusion because uh, it came out originally in 2013, though. Um, the, uh, this is one of her absolute best songs, I think. Uh, just that the lyrics are wonderfully dark and creepy. The the guitar textures, which are sort of a new element to her sound, uh, really mesh well. I just love it. I just love it. And you know, I think she's brilliant. The more people I can turn on to her, the better, because more people need to buy her records, and more people need to see her shows, and more people need to uh, support her so she can really make a go out of this music thing. Is it just her in the band, like in a live show? It's just her. Nice. Yeah, she's uh, sometimes she's joined by an electric violinist uh, for some songs, but you know it's just her synthesizer, her some synthesizers, a uh, drum machine, that's it, and a mixer. Cool, I'm a fan. I think it's um, this is uh, Rich's longest pick and one of the longest track lengths uh, of all the picks. And for me, it's kind of um, it's very dense and kind of uh, you know I forget. It's um, I'm playing it right now. It uh, it all kind of swirls together for me, but like I'm, I enjoy it when I'm listening to it. It doesn't have a, a hook right off the bat that kind of grabs me, but um, I definitely enjoy it when I'm listening to it. And I think uh, I remember talking about this uh, previously, and uh, I remain a fan. So, yeah, this particular one's definitely a slow build, Matt. Yeah, what you think? Yeah, I, I I really dug it. I I want more Void Vision. I mean, like the the album that's coming out is that going to be her first or yeah yeah because yeah like. I, I 
when I remember like kind of Googling around just because I mean, I know that she's a friend of yours and all, but I mean, I was like still like, I think you were offline. I just like, you know, trying to be all like, is there more? <laughs> There's more. There's more. But you know, the album's not out yet. Yeah. Uh, according to her band camp, I want to say voyagevision.bandcamp.com, the Sub Rosa will be out, according to this, on March 1st of 2014 on Mannequin Records. Cool. So you've been you've been warned. Be prepared. Save up your uh, your pennies and uh, yeah. What, what, it's, it's one of the uh, songs on the record will be actually my pick for. She, this is the song that she put out for 2012 that I put in my top five, and it's uh, everything is fine. So that's gonna be on there too. Mm. Yeah, there's some songs on there that uh, I know uh, that she's played in the past, and there's some new songs on there, and I can't wait to hear all of them. I really can't. Mm. So. That's my, that, that is my number four for, 24, for 2013. My number four is uh, from Dandelion, who is uh, one of the members of the immensely talented Kenson Jammer, who I have chosen as a pick before. Uh, this is from her solo album, Images Under Construction. And I actually kind of realized I may have chosen the wrong track, but the thing is, is that both are so as- astoundingly awesome. Like... I, I had chosen this one, um, and then uh, later after I decide after I decided and sent it off to you guys, like uh, the song "Fallout" from the same record came up on the uh, my shuffle, and I was like, "Oh my god, this is a phenomenal song!" But I, I think I'm still gonna stand by my original pick, which is "Don't Take Me Dancing, Take Me to America," which uh, we can hear right now. If there's anyone with my feet, you don't sing it back to me. You could holler, babe, I will holler, babe, just bring it back to me. Leave the music on, if I'm getting it on, don't you shackle me. I could easily let you get it with me, but I won't. So baby, don't take me dancing, take me to America. To the street with a beat I know, and no comfort, so don't take me dancing. Her album is a compilation, kind of, like with some drop tracks, I I can't remember if there's anything new on it, but like of um, three previous EPs, each called uh, Images Under Construction Part 1, 2, and 3. And the great thing with the EPs is each one were a different style. Like one was more folky, one was more dancey, and one was more rockin'. Um, this one came off of the dancey, so dancey one. So one. one was more rockin'? Like the country? No, no, more rocking. Stump. <laughs> I apologize and, for nothing. But, <laughs> but um and like fallout came from the uh rockin ep um but yeah like pretty much like i said like i mean cats and jammer is amazing and i mean to me like uh danny liner or, or uh mariana sveen sveen uh is kind of the face of cats and jammer for me anyway because she's she does a lot of my favorite songs although honestly the thing is is i mean like with cats and jammer all four of them are like interchangeably brilliant you know it's like it's it's I think I think uh, Mariana is my favorite of the cats and jammers, but it's they're all really, really close. It's it's like one of those like photo finish kind of deals, you yeah. know? Yeah. Don't they all like play 20 different instruments each? Yeah. Yeah. They they play everything. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, and, and I mean, to the point where like, I mean, they pretty much like alternate equally. I mean, so you can't even say, you know, oh, well, yeah, she's primarily the bassist or whatever, because. You know, I'm pretty sure that, like, Mariana plays bass on about a quarter of the songs. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, it's um, Cats and Jammer is amazing, and Dandelion is likewise amazing. 
and it's cool to hear her in a different paradigm because uh, Cats and Jammer is kind of that sort of uh, 20s cabaret for the most part. Kind of like alongside the like the Diddy Bops and that kind of genre, just more the European flip of that coin, I guess. Well, I definitely liked this. Um, then again, it's also sort of playing to what uh, to that electronic dancey stuff that I do tend to like. So you get uh, I'll, you'll get uh, no uh, disagreement from me on the quality of this one. Mm-hmm. I agree. I like it. It's funky, rhythmic, good track. Approved. That said, you know, what if I take her to America and then take her dancing? Would that be a coach? Would that be acceptable? <laughs> that that that, that may be. Our <laughs> I'm just kind of curious on that one. Okay. <laughs> Fourth picks, check. Number three. Number three. Uh, Mr. Marvin. <laughs> uh, pick number three. This is also a repeat uh, discussion. Um, but I think that Matt was missing an action during the show. I think this was during our duo show that Rich and I did. Um, yeah. If I'm not mistaken. But this track uh, is Line of Fire from Junip's self-titled 2003 album. Uh, Junip is J-U-N-I-P. Uh, it's wonderful. Play it for the folks. try not to repeat all of my gushing uh, from my discussion with Rich uh, a few shows ago, but this track was one that was featured in the trailer for the series finale of Breaking Bad, which is um, one of my favorite shows, if not my favorite show ever. And um, I encountered it after the fact, uh, so I started listening to this album uh, on a random recommendation from RDO, and I got to this track, and I recognized it from somewhere, and I knew it was from Breaking Bad, but I couldn't piece together the scene that it was from or how it was used in the show. And um, and then I finally realized that it's from the, the trailer for the, the series finale, Felina. And as I said with Rich, uh, it's just it's a terrific song in its own right. It's very uplifting and cathartic and just like really sort of intensely emotional. And it, it kind of goes on longer than you expect it to. Like it's almost like there are a couple of, of false endings in there where you think, OK, this is the end of the song. But then it kind of builds up even more. Uh, and once those strings kick in toward the end, it's just like uh, incredibly emotional and powerful, in my opinion, anyway. And when you add on top of that awesomeness, the the connection to Breaking Bad and the the significance of um, the lyrics within the context of the show, no spoilers. Uh, it's just uh, incredibly powerful and incredibly uh, nostalgic because whenever I listen to it, I think about the awesomeness, um, the wonderful experience of, of watching Breaking Bad. And, uh, and so I'm just a huge fan of the show and the rest of the album is very good as well. So, line of fire. So like, like in, the, in the end of Breaking Bad, he like kills like the horrible mom from Malcolm in the middle, right? <sighs> That's true. <laughs> Cut that part out. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he, I, I, uh, I, like I thought he went back to being oh. Jerry because Jerry Seinfeld's dentist. <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. He, Brian he, Cranston. He, he, yeah, he converted to Judaism for the jokes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but the guy uh, is amazing. Who knew? Yeah, that's that's the weird thing is like you know when because like I I mean I hated Malcolm in the Middle like with a passion. I mean I I fucking despise that show. Uh, but it's like kind of funny because like he was like clearly the best one. Like the, but he was also all like goofy and like I'm wacky. 
And so it's kind of weird to have him be all like, I am Mr. Meth Guy, Rar. So I think that's I've a line from the ne- show, which I haven't seen. I've still never seen Breaking Bad either. Uh, though maybe since Boardwalk Empire is ending next season, I'll get back to watching it. Yeah, I mean, enough has been written about it, but um, it's incredible. Anyway, the song. We have a song. To talk the song. About. This, uh, yes. I'm going to let yeah, I'm, take I'm, the lead I'm, on this because we, we had our discussion. Yeah, yeah well, like, like you said, I missed out, but I... I listened to it and I was actually sad that I missed out. I was like, this is really good. Like, what the hell? <laughs> like, why did I like, why did I have to miss that one for doing whatever it was that I was doing or being sick or whatever it was? I, I don't even Christmas remember. Music time. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. It was Christmas. So yeah, I was like, damn it. Like fucking Santa Claus, man. Like making me miss out on good things. <laughs> so that that's, that's all I really got to say. Cause I it was like another one that I just really I, I, it really clicked with me, and I was just like, "Well, shit." <laughs> and the whole record's much in the same vein. That it's it's definitely a grower. It's it's growing on me. Maybe not as fast as it grew on you, but it grew. Um, yeah, I for it's kind of a slow, quiet record for the most part. I find mm-hmm. so I have to like sort of want a slow, quiet time, and I just most of the time when I'm putting on music, uh, I'm like working or something, and I just want to. I need like high energy stuff, but it's 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 there, and I, and I, I definitely will go be going back to it uh, when I need to. Yeah, it's definitely a grower, and it's it's very textural, and it uh, it takes a little while to get to know it, but uh, it's definitely worth the time. Yeah, it takes a while to get to know, but it's not like actively trying to keep you from it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I hope that makes sense. I think so. Yeah. Um, so sh- can we move? Should we move on to, uh, or do we have more to say? I think we can move on. Great. Uh, yep. So uh, my number three for 2013 is "The Stars Are Out Tonight" by some. I don't know if any of you have ever heard of this fella. It's it. Um, it's a British David guy. Bowie. Bowie. David yeah. Bowie. <laughs> David. Michael Jackson. <laughs> uh, yes. Cindy Looper. <laughs> yes, D- David. D- David Bowie. Um, I remember waking up one morning discovering that David Bowie had a new single out, uh, which we talked about called uh, "Where Are We Now." This is the second single from the record. It's called "The Stars Are Out Tonight." Ladies and gentlemen. Any record that I really was looking forward to in 2013, um, well, I was looking forward to it after I found out it was coming out. <laughs> it was uh, a new <laughs> David Bowie record because uh, he it was a surprise. It was quite a surprise. Uh, he hadn't put out a record since oh, when, when reality came out, what 20, 2002? three. So we waited ten bloody years for a new David Bowie record, and um, it was worth the wait. I think. Yeah, it was really good, and I think I think uh, this is like probably the I think this might be my favorite track from that record too, because it's really strong record, and it was kind of hard to choose. And I mean, and there there are a lot of really great things on there, but but I think this is kind of it, and the, the video for it is amazing. So yeah, uh, yeah, it's got uh, Tilda Swinton in it. Yes, who already looks like Bowie. Yeah, and there's the uh, that one. Uh, model who also kind of looks like David Bowie, like a young David Bowie, and then there's the oh David yeah, Andres uh, thing. Yeah, Andres uh, Devec or something like that. 
Pejic. God, I Guy. don't. Yeah. Pejic, yeah. Oh, uh, actually, no. The one that looks like Dave Young Bowie is uh, some Norwegian model named Islin Styro. Thank you, Wikipedia. But no, it, it's oh, all... yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. I don't but know who, but I don't know who these it, people right? are, but I do know. Yeah, Andrej is is one of the stars in the video. Yeah, yeah, and he's pretty cool. Um, yeah, but it the whole thing is really awesome. Uh, apropos of nothing, um, have you heard? Um, the uh, James Murphy remix of uh, Love is Lost? I don't think I have yet. Uh, it's 10 minutes, 30 seconds, and it incorporates uh, uh, the synth line from Ashes to Ashes, and it is really <laughs> fucking awesome. Awesome. Well, I mean, James Murphy is awesome anyway. I mean, you know, LCD sound system and DFA records and all that stuff. So Yeah. So, so track that down. Um, but yeah, I love The Stars Are Out Tonight. I love The Next Day. I love David Bowie, as, as you should. Yes. Was your captain wrong? Yeah. Andrew, I'd love, uh, you haven't chimed in on this one. Yeah, I'm not a huge, no, I'm not a huge, uh, Bowie fan just by sort of omission. I haven't really gotten an education on him, uh, yet other than, you know, a few tracks and I haven't listened to the next day either. Uh, well, I will give you a crash course on David Bowie in exactly, uh, in 90 seconds. Okay. You have to listen to the following records. Hunky Dory, The Rise yes. and Fall of Ziggy Stardust and the Spiders from Mars, Aladdin's yes. Fan, yes. Uh, Station to Station, yes. Um, Heroes, yes. Airy Monsters and Super Creeps, yes. Let's Dance. No. <laughs> I like Let's Dance. It's an unashamedly pop record, but uh, <laughs> it's a really good pop record. It's not like I mentioned, like, you know, uh, oh, what's the one he put out after that? Oh, uh, was that Tonight? No, no, um, maybe. And it's, or, uh, don't, don't let me down. Maybe no, that yeah. was later, wasn't it? And it's I definitely didn't mention Tin Machine. So I actually don't mind Tin Tin Machine. All right. I mean, it was one where he was trying his damnedest to be the Pixies, and as it turns out, the Pixies are better at being the Pixies than David Bowie is. But you know, it, it was a noble goal. Yeah, he, he tried. So he tried something else. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. Oh, uh, but yeah. Yeah, you definitely need Got to it. listen to basically like everything he put out um, in the seventies, and then you can pick up uh, after uh, in the with uh, the stuff from the mid nineties. Yeah, yeah, probably like what outside is like the first that's like pretty good. Mm-hmm. And now if, after that, you can maybe go if you want. You can go back to uh, the first. Uh, you can go back to uh, David Bowie and Space Oddity first two records. The first record is really weird, but I kind of yeah. like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was not uh, when everybody was gushing over where are we now. I was kind of bored by it, but this track, uh, "The Stars Are Out Tonight," is much more uh, my style, and I enjoyed it quite a bit more. So, yeah, well, yeah I have admit- Bowie is that he so many of his stuff is so much of his stuff is all over the map. Yeah, yeah, and I have to kind of agreeing with you on um, where are we now. Like, it was okay, but I think for me, like the video was kind of like meh, and that kind of colored it because that was like the first thing that I saw was you know the I mean it was like. Brand new David Bowie video. And it's like, oh, well, this is okay. You know, <clears throat> sorry. But um, Stars Are Out Tonight are, is awesome. So, um, Matt, you've got a number three, I think. Okay. Um, I actually kind of went out of my way to like not pick uh, stuff that I had picked this year. Um, aside from the um, Janelle Monet block. <laughs> uh, I said I'm ha- sorry. I know. But I have chosen Robbie Folks before, but not his new record, which is called Gone Away Backward. And it's really, really good. It's a lot lower key than a lot of his other stuff. Um, 
a, a much more intimate acoustic record. And uh, this is this song uh, was previously released in a different uh, version on the 50 Voice Doberman compilation of uh, 50 songs of outtakes and stuff like that from Robbie Fox. It's available on iTunes, and it's like a phenomenal collection, honestly. I mean, it, it's one where, like, I think out of the, the 50 songs, there's only, like, one I don't like. So, you know, 49 out of 50 is pretty good. <laughs> But anyway, though, so, uh, but there's this version, which is really awesome. So let's hear a little bit of it. Dollar won't get you high. Some days a drop is all a body needs. Some days the bottle drains dry. Pockets of change don't drive my worry down. Diamonds don't make me shine. It's a short life and a but yeah i i love this song uh there are, there's a lot of uh little t- tweaks of um robbie folks's lyrical genius like one of my favorite bits of this song that i actually didn't twig to until like my like 83rd hearing of the song was um uh i never bothered god on you or, or uh yeah it's like uh I I never bother God on your account. Uh, don't uh, waste your prayers on me. So, or I never trouble God on your account. Don't waste your prayers on me. And I just thought that was like a really great couplet. And yeah, but anyway, I think this song is great. Um, it's pretty much like the only really super country song on any of our lists. So I guess there there's a little bit of that going on. But I know that like Robbie did did pretty well by you guys when i picked him back in the day so yeah well i like this i've been meaning to uh i, I said when i've really checked out the full record but I should, i'm meaning to i i really need to just go and check out more for him in general it's more just hey i'm busy with other stuff that's coming out oh my you know sort of add like oh this thing's <laughs> new this thing's new. Like, ah. <laughs> so um yeah this is this is wonderful um wonderfully sad but wonderful um the lyrics uh, in true folk style are, are great and yeah i I can i can also agree with the sentiment there are days when i just yeah i I need a drink (laughs) yeah sometimes the drop is all a body needs sometimes the bottle runs dry yeah pretty much yeah i remember talking about uh robbie folks when matt picked uh, one of his albums and i think i'm gonna just reiterate what i said back then that i am not a huge country fan but i can tell that this is definitely a quality country country as opposed to the pop country stuff that's on the radio so i approve yeah i actually want to know of like more stuff that's uh, that's in that more alt country in the robbie folks vein that's just you know i feel like i'm sort of like missing out on selling that so maybe you can like put put together like a primer or something for uh for me okay yeah i mean like um short answer is i mean robbie folks kind of stands alone but um the handsome family is another one you should really check out okay like I, I especially love their uh, "Through the Trees" album, but most of their stuff is like pretty much gold. Cool. Yeah, I just uh, I'm curious about alt country as a as a genre because I think there's it's it's more, seems more interesting than real than regular country, at least contemporary country. Mm. Then again, a lot of things are more interesting than contemporary country. <laughs> Chewing off my own foot might be more interesting than contemporary country. <laughs> mm. Andrew, I think you have a, a pick that we can sink our teeth into. Yes, number, number two! two. <laughs> uh, this is um, 
a song called Instant Crush by Daft Punk from their 2013 release, Random Access Memories. And I struggled with where to place this in my top five. I knew it was going to be in there somewhere. Um, but uh, yeah, Instant Crush, play it for the folks. So I have fond memories of when Random Access Memories came out and the the internet was all a Twitter, as it were. Um, And this track was... I love the entirety of uh, Random Access Memories, but this track in particular was just the one that had the most uh, longevity to it. And and I still love when it comes on uh, even um, to this day, even though I think it came out fairly early in 2013, didn't it? I feel like it's been around for a while now. Yeah, Um, it was like February or March, maybe. Yeah. Um, and Instant Crush was always my favorite song uh, from my first listen through of the record, and it's just really stuck with me as uh, my favorite track. And uh, it's again, it just it has some longevity to it. I don't know why, because it is it is a Daft Punk song, and it is very electronic. And you know, and subsequently, in my opinion, there's not a tremendous amount of of depth to it. Um, but it just it grooves, and it's it's really catchy in a good way, and um, I love it very much. So, actually, the album came out in May. Um, oh wow! Yeah. yeah. But that's so kind of early. You know, it's the past is sort of like exponential. Like yesterday is immediate. Last week is like you know, so what's uh, May feels like more than a year ago now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, instant crush. Um, I, I this I, I like every song on this record as well. I mean, I, I'll admit that I'm completely and totally weird because my favorite song is Giorgio by Maroder, <laughs> and I don't expect anyone to agree with me on that. It's really good, but I um, it gets a little well. I don't know if it's tiresome, but it's a long track. I can't put it on every day. Well, neither can I, but it's 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 really cool. And Georgia Maroder is a god. Yeah. Mm. Um, where were? We? Oh yeah. Um, so I think one of the great things about you know Instant Crush is that it's uh you've got that awesome guitar solo in there. Uh, I I'm not familiar with the Strokes. Uh, I think that might be opening me up to some trouble saying that. I didn't. Uh, even, I should it's... have mentioned this. Yeah. Go ahead, Matt. I was going to say, like, with the Strokes, like, they were really, really overrated, and then they got really, really underrated. <laughs> Interesting. Um, yeah, I, what is his name? Julian Casablancas or something? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I was never um, knew anything about the Strokes, but upon hearing his performance in Instant Crush, I checked out uh, their record Angles, which was from 2011. And that record got some serious play for me over the summer. Um it's quite solid. I don't know how it stacks compared to the rest of the Strokes albums, but uh, I'm a big fan. I'll have to check that. I think the isn't the like the the, the big popular Strokes album the this is this it? Yeah, and that one I didn't that that's what I'm kind of referring to about the over overrated underrated thing because like for like when that album came out, like basically everyone was just like shitting themselves over this album, which was again. I mean, part of it is. That it was like really, really lo-fi, even though it was on RCA, and like pretty much all the members are like kids of A and R types. So you know, I mean, it was like clearly we are trying to cash in on the lo-fi craze of you know this you know 2000 or 1999 or whenever it came out. Um, and then and then as you know, fads go, the uh, 
the hype crested and then their second album came out which was actually like uh 1159 uh which was i thought was actually pretty good and everyone was like oh the strokes are over and i was like oh well but they stopped faking the lo-fi shit when they're all billionaires and you know and all this other stuff and they actually you know like to me they're still not like the best band in the world or anything like that but i mean yeah i like i was like I was let down by the first record and kind of annoyed at everyone going like, Dude, and, and then of course is uh, dropping them immediately as they got interesting. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe I'll finally get around to checking them out. Um, but yeah, instant crush. Great, great song. And the video, the music video they put out is pretty good too. Have we, don't have, remember it. I, well, I don't think I've seen it yet. Well, go look it up. I think it's in the show notes. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I guess uh, I'm going to, it's interesting. There's a Daft Punk connection to my number two. Boom. Uh, this is a weird one, but uh, I remember when I sort of like finalizing my list, I went through my 2013 playlist and I checked to see which songs have I been playing the most because that's usually a good sign of stuff that I really, really like. And one of the ones in the top was this little number by some fellow unknown hip hop star uh, named Kanye West. When it features uh, the musical uh, electronic uh involvement of uh the daft punk guys and it's called black skinhead and let's uh let's hear a little of that for my theme song my leather black jeans on my by any means on part and i'm getting my scream on and in the kingdom but watch it you bring home You see a black man with a white woman at the top floor They gon' come to your King Kong Middle America packed in Can't see me in my black skin Number one question they ask him What be question you ask I remember the Kanye record was uh, Controversial on this show To put it mildly yep. uh, it, was a, it was definitely a change of pace for me This was the first Kanye West record I have ever heard in my life I've heard some songs You know, in passing But uh, I remember to reiterate the story I told when we talked about the the album Jesus on the title, he still hasn't won me over. Um, yeah, uh, I watched, I read an article about him performing on SNL. I, I watched the videos of the performance, and I was kind of taken by the songs, especially well, you know, it's uh, the two songs he did were Black Skinhead and New Slaves. We already talked about New Slaves, and this one's just been like higher on the list anyway. So um, this is, yeah, you know, it's it's harsh, it's kind of scary. The lyrics are. Uh, Yes, it's a little bit of e- I, I've sort of gotten ex- accepted the whole ego thing as sort of just a it's 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 something that you're going to get in the genre, but some of it's uh, some of the lyrics are pretty are pretty darn harsh. Like you know, they see a black man with a white woman at the top floor, are going to come kill King Kong. That's yep. that he's not kidding. That that that's yeah, yeah. You know, so it's not very subtle. No, but it's it's also but it is true. So uh, yeah, I. I don't know where you guys are going to take on this, your take on this, but uh, it's this, this, uh, the, the whole album, the whole, the whole Yeezus record kind of like snuck up on me in 2013. And I, it's, I like him. I still haven't bothered to go check out the rest of Kanye West's discography. I don't know if I ever will, but at the very least, this is a pretty solid industrial record with some pretty, with some of the songs having good lyrics and some of the songs not. Yeah. I, I mean, that's, that's kind of my takeaway with it is like, and I mean, I think Black Skinhead is one of the better ones in terms of lyrics. Uh, to me, I mean, there's more about things and less about him. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. 
it's like he's got stuff to say other than that he's awesome, <laughs> which I, I like. But I, I, I really like the sound of it, the like the industrial beat and stuff with it is really cool. It's and, and like I say, I mean, the, the this one is better than you know a lot of the stuff on the record. I thought just because he is saying something instead of just you know sitting in the French restaurant, hurry up with my damn croissant. <laughs> here's. I- I'm glad you brought that up because I I find that lyric hilarious because I think it's the more I think about it, it more it just sort of like turns the whole song on its head. There's no honest to god way you can take that lyric seriously, and I think it makes that song "I Am a God" less about hey look how awesome I am and more like I'm making fun of the fact that my public persona is about being is about being an, an egotistical jackass. I yeah yeah I I I mean that 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 one I have to say is like a a particularly amusing turn of phrase and yeah I think it is about a bit bit of puncturing it but it's but there I guess there's so much on there that where there I guess isn't that degree of self awareness in terms of puncturing the egotistical jackass part so fair enough fair enough yeah I'm in the same camp as you guys I like this song uh, quite a bit. Uh, the, I had a pretty big Jesus phase uh, when it came out over the summer, and this song uh, and a handful of others are the ones that uh, have stuck with me. Um, I, the music is often really good, like the the industrialness of it and the the hooks um, are are good, uh, but the the lyrics are can be quite gratuitous in in places and kind of difficult to uh, to stomach. Mm-hmm. Um, but that being said, uh, I like it quite a bit and again i'm like rich i don't feel like i don't have i don't feel compelled to check out any other kanye west stuff but um this is pretty far from my wheelhouse and uh i'm glad that i um found a way into this to this genre via this record and uh you know despite the the questionable lyrics and places i'm i guess you could say i'm a fan i don't know i almost i almost feel like um not guilty but you know uh the music is really good and the lyrics are tolerable in places, shall we say? <laughs> and I love how, it, and I love its uh, its use in the Wolf of Wall Street trailer. So, yeah, I still haven't seen. I, I haven't been to the movies in God knows how long. We tried to see Wolf of Wall Street last night, and it was sold out. I can't remember the last time that's happened to me. Huh. Sadly, I think the last time that happened to me was Eon Flux, which didn't deserve it. <laughs> yeah, you, you came out. Uh, you came out ahead on that one, from my understanding. Yeah, no, I know. Well, we ended up like I think I think Isla. And I, this is back when it came out. Uh, I was with Isla. And, like I think we ended up like driving across town to go to go to see it because you know we both really wanted to see it because like I know with me, I mean, I love the cartoon and I think and she is generally you know way pro sci-fi and was curious about it too and ended up being like oh <laughs> so. But the original Eon Flex is still awesome and at least it got it got the Eon Flex stuff on DVD. So I will give it that. Yeah, I've never seen it. Um, oh, you should you should check out the cartoons because the cartoons are awesome. That's what I meant. I'm not going to see the movie. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Unless Don't bother with the unless movie. it's to, like do like a Mystery Science Theater thing on it. <laughs> yeah. So um, number one. No, we uh, forgot me. Oh right. Sorry, I'm sorry, Matt. I thought <laughs> yeah. No worries. <laughs> uh, my number two was Camper Van Beethoven. Love will sell us out. Uh, from their brand new album. Well, brand new a year ago. Uh, album uh, La Costa Perdita, which means the Perdita Coast or something. I don't know. So let's hear some of that. Okay.
Yeah, the funny thing with this is this is one of those songs that really grew on me. Like, I think the first time I heard it, I was like, yeah, this is okay. But then it kept popping up on my iPod for whatever reason. My iPod just really liked this song. And the more it came up, the more I was like, this song is really, really good. And so, yeah, that that is why it is on there. Um, I, I, I dig uh, Camper Van and Cracker. Um, I think I actually like like the, uh, the um, second version of of camper van Beethoven after they, they broke up for a while better, like than than the original old school camper van Beethoven, but camper van was all has always been pretty awesome. And I love cracker a lot. So there you go. And I guess there is that kind of relation to, in, in that, like, I think, you know, both the, the internet kind of wishes both Kanye and uh, David Lowry would shut up sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't wish David Lowry would shut up. I've written some articles like defending him. So. Oh yeah, no, and honestly, I mean, I, 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 like, I don't always agree with his conclusions, but I, I definitely see where he's getting there. And I mean, I think that there is, you know, some, you know, really good stuff of what he does say too. It's just that he does get a lot of shit on the internet, mainly because he's all like, "Don't steal music," and people are all like, "But it's my God-given right, God damn it." <laughs> <laughs> if you didn't want to, if you wanted to make money, why did you make music beloved by all? <laughs> so, <laughs> so I'm not terribly familiar with Camper Van Beethoven. I'll be honest. I mean, I know who David Lowry is, but I'm not. I've never gotten a chance to go into the Camper Van Beethoven discography. In fact, I have. I do have one album by them, and I don't think I think it's a. It's, it's early Camper Van. It's a Telephone Free Landslide Victim. Oh, victory! But that's a good one. Okay, uh, but I've never actually listened to the whole thing. I only picked it up because there was like this one song uh, called "Where the Hell Is Bill." Oh yeah. Uh, I don't know if that's like a considered to be like a good song in the discography. It's fun. Yeah, but uh, a friend of mine, like way back when, was doing was going to do a series of drawings based on where Bill could possibly be. Ah, uh-huh, cool. And I think he only did like one with you know with Bill getting a Vespa scooter. <laughs> But uh, like, okay, I should check out the song. Oh, hey, the song's kind of cool. Maybe I should check out the album. Never finished listening to the record. Um, this is a long way. Saying, I don't know if this is. So yeah, where was I? Um, so can't prove day driven. I'm not terribly familiar with them. I know I have at least one or two songs by Cracker on what, like through your mix CDs over the years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I don't know. So this song didn't really like grab me. But you said it was a grower for you too. So. Yeah, yeah, like, I think it's the first single, and, like, I was kind of, like, when when I saw it, and, again, this is, like, pre-grower, I was sort of growing, I was sort of, like, huh, this is the single? Okay, <laughs> you know, and then, and then once, when, once I, I lived with the song while, I was, like, oh, yes, this is obviously the single, so. Oh, hey, Cracker did a, was on the Eyesore tribute record. Yeah. Okay, I didn't know that until, despite the fact that I had it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I like this they song. Did, uh, it's, uh, oh, sorry. <laughs> go on. I, I like this song. Did, uh, yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> they did Blue Rosebuds, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Andrew. Sorry. Sorry. That's okay. Um, I like this song as well. It's definitely a grower for me also. I really like the the sort of Middle Eastern tinge on it with those strings in the background. Um, yeah. And that's kind of a camper van uh, trademark. Mm, yeah. I'm a that's big fan of, of that thing. sort of thing. <laughs> yeah. 
So that was really cool. The rest of the song, uh, definitely good, uh, but it will have to grow on me, I think, a little bit. Um, just out of curiosity, if, if I were to really get into camp, so I'd try getting into Camper Van Beethoven, where would I start? Well, uh, I think it, what I, like, this is kind of not an answer to your question, but honestly, like, I would probably start with Crackers Forever. Um, because, I mean, especially with the later, uh, Camper Van, I mean, it's kind of a little bit more crackery, but I don't know, it's like, I, I think I think it's better to see it more as a um, a visit into the mind of David Lowry, I guess. And I would go with Forever by Cracker because that's like a phenomenal record. Um, and then kind of kind of work around work your way around from there. Um, Key Lime Pie by by Camper Van uh, is one of those albums that has a lot of really great tracks on there. Like there's some of my all time favorite tracks on there. Like, uh, but for me, the album as a whole kind of drags. So I can't, I don't know if I would really necessarily recommend Key Lime Pie, but, um, but it's, yeah, like I say, it's one, it's one of those albums where like when it's on, it's really, really, really on. Okay. Oh, I'm just looking at the telephone free landslide victory and that uh, track list. And that's got take the skinheads bowling, which is a good song. I do. Know yeah. That okay. Yeah. All right. Um, now since we're past an hour, Andrew, <laughs> uh-huh. here we go. Number uh, one. <laughs> I was waiting for it. <laughs> you want to talk about the longest song? You want the longest pick? <laughs> um, yeah. Is this the longest song? Yeah, it so. is by a few seconds. Um, so this is kind of interesting. It's not really interesting, but I said uh, during our last show when we talked about uh, this record that I wasn't going to pick a song from this album for my top five songs of 2013 because I could not possibly pick a song from the album because the album in its entirety was so extraordinary. But you lied. I lied because I originally had um, my, my bottom four picks two through five moved up one and I couldn't figure out what I wanted to put for number five. Um, I was uh, going back and forth between uh, Royals and and some other stuff. So what I decided to do ultimately um, was, or rather, I was trying to pick, um, find something for spot number five because I didn't have anything for that part yet. So what I did instead was rather than uh, come up with a tiebreaker between everything I was trying to pick for my for my fifth choice, I decided, well, I'll just pick a San Furman song for my number one, and that'll move everything down one, and I won't have to worry about picking my fifth pick. So that's a long-winded way of saying that my uh, top track for 2013 is a song called Daedalus, parentheses, What We Have, which is a song, it's the album closer, of San Fermin's self-titled debut and uh, let's play that for everybody I saw it all happened on the golden sheets in the morning you were asleep hazy in your golden days It's, this is <laughs> yeah this song is is really um it's 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 got a lot of what i like uh in a, in a song which is a lot of like build up and bombast yeah um i had to again i don't want to re- reiterate i feel like was matt around for the san Furman album discussion i was that, that one I okay was. that one you were okay sorry i got uh my episodes mixed up but so when we were talking about the san Furman record i don't want to reiterate all of my gushing but um 
just to put it briefly, the record is my favorite record uh, of 2013, and uh, I have not been as in love with the record as I am uh, with San Fermin uh, in a long time. So, so that being said, uh, the entire record is is quite a masterpiece in my opinion. It's it is uh, has a tremendous amount of breadth and depth. Uh, I think it's I want to say it's 17 tracks, but I can't remember offhand. Uh, but it's so orchestral and luscious and lush and beautifully done. The vocals are extraordinary. The music is extraordinary. Uh, it's just a wonderful thing. And so I had to go with, I have like nine favorite songs from this album, but uh, I had to go with Daedalus because it is the album closer and it is sort of the perfect, uh, the perfect climax, uh, cathartic climax for, for this record. And it's just wonderfully uplifting and I cannot recommend it enough to anybody who likes good music or things. Yes. Uh, like I said, it, it it's wonderfully bombastic. It's 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 great. Clo- it's a great way to close a record, which is like this. The whole song is a lot of like rising and rising, and rising and rising and rising. Mm. Which yeah, you know, I I get off on that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, I really dug it too. I was just like, yes, this this makes sense as a number one. Yeah, you it's know, gorgeous. I, I hate to I hate to be that guy, but it's not actually the album closer. Yes, good point. It, the album closer is altogether changed. Yeah, which is kind of like an outro of sorts. Yeah, it, so you know. Don't go like saying it's the it's the outro when it's not actually the outro outro of, mm. the, of the record. It's not the final song. It's not the closer. You're um. wrong. Um. <laughs> you yeah. kind of drifted through like comic book guy Woody Allen and like uh, Bob and Doug McKenzie in that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wasn't really sure. I, I, I was I think I was trying to go for Carl Van Hoot, uh, mm-hmm. uh, which is a, a Merlin Man thing. Um, mm. I take a uh, say extra 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 large band shirt. Um, yeah. Anyway, um, do we have this? This is yeah. Sam Furman, thank you for for turning me on to this. I'm gonna have to help give them my hope, pleasure. And uh, this is their to, first album, right? It is their first album, and again, like I said, uh, when we discussed the whole record, it is the brainchild of um, a 24 year old composer, and uh, he wrote all of the music. And uh, assembled a, a group of musicians to perform it as San for Men, um, which is just extraordinary to me. And it's just um, a gorgeous, gorgeous record that I can't recommend enough. Kind of like uh, the, the the guy. It's it's kind of like John Pfeffer's relationship to Capillary Action. Yeah, it's like yeah. And John Pfeffer's been putting out some good stuff so far uh, this year. I can't wait to see what he puts out in 2014. Uh, well, we'll talk about that when it happens. Probably with him. Mm-hmm. Um, should we move on to my number one? Or yes. Okay. Uh, my number one song of the year is the number one pop song of the year, in my opinion. And let's face it, it's a pop song. It is uh, by Churches. With a V. With a V. Well, mm-hmm. it, it helps them in the Google. Uh, <laughs> yeah, good that's point. Dope. And it is called The Mother We Share. And let's hear a little of that now. Until you realize that you should go, oh, 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 come in there. I'd heard of the, the the band churches in passing. It been their name had been thrown around places. I'm like, hmm, I guess we mean maybe I should have known. Then the I won down the dearly departed turntable FM service. Someone's fun, the mother we share. I'm like, oh my god, where has this song been all my life? 
have you just ever had that moment where like the first time you hear a song, it's just like, yes, please. Yeah. Yes, or please. Yeah. That, that is, that is what I had with, with uh, the mother we share. It is just absolutely brilliant. Some of the most incredible, uh, synth pop I've ever heard. Um, I, you know, we talked about the record, their album, and I picked a different song to talk about for that. I think it was, uh, gun. Yeah. Gun. So, and that was good. It, um, it, it, Putting this, this is the first song on the record on the on the album, and it's almost kind of dangerous to put a song so good at the first as the first track because sometimes a band can't live up to their really incredible single, and they don't have that problem. But they did the. I do note that I will note that the 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 church's album sort of like dwindles out in the final half, but uh, they really they do know they can match the song for quality. They they've proven that, so that's good. Um, I love it. I can't wait to see them play in May. And uh, well, what do you folks think? This was the other one that I missed. Like, I think it's kind of funny that like the two picks from the episode that I missed because of, I think I think because of Christmas uh, ended up being on on the best of show. <laughs> yeah. So, want want, but yeah, no, this is this is really good. And yeah, I'd heard a bit of Churches before, and I was like, yeah, these guys are really good. And th- but, I, but I think it was Gun that I I was mainly hearing, and then this one was like, oh yes, this is very good. I like music that is good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the Bones of What You Believe, I mean, was all over the place uh, this last year. And um, I haven't really digested the record in its entirety, but I always uh, enjoy whatever track I hear. And uh, this track definitely has to be one of my favorites. It's one that has um, stuck with me. And uh, I, uh, I like it very much. It's um, not familiar with churches at all, uh, but uh, this is definitely a, a standout track from that record for me. Well, you should get familiar because they're they're going places. Like to play in front of Janelle Monet. Well, they they did open for uh, Depeche Mode, uh, I think, uh, last year as well. Huh. Uh, I don't know. I don't think it was in any of the U.S. dates, but uh, yeah, it, when Depeche Mode asks you to open for them, and you're kind of in the same genre, that that that's a pretty ringing endorsement, despite the fact that Depeche Mode hasn't done anything worthwhile since Firelighter. <laughs> yeah. You hear me, Depeche Mode? I am very disappointed with you. <laughs> my turn? Yes. Yep. Take us home. Okay. Okay, my pick. Uh I, I think I, I was kind of contractually obligated to choose a track from the new uh They Might Be Giants album for my number one pick. And uh that that album is Nanobots, and the song that I chose is Darlings of Lumberland. So let's hear a little bit of that now. like that one um it's actually um and i'm blanking on the guy's name but uh it was uh the guy who did the arrangements for it was um a fellow who has worked with lots of really cool people like they made trains previously but also uh tom waits he's one of the like big shots in uh tom waits's band and yeah it's it's got a little bit of that vibe and it's really cool and there's some like really cool instrumentation going on and stuff. And it just has this like really cool, vaguely creepy sort of sound. And 
the funny thing is too is like the darlings of Lumberland are are a real thing. It the darlings were basically a really rich family who more or less owned Lumberland, uh, New York. I believe it's New York. But yeah, it's but yeah, they, they were they were rich and they own they basically ran the town. I'm doing I, very little research today, so there you go. That's okay. I, uh, I'm looking to see who did that production. So Stan something, I think. Anyway, go on, Andrew. You're saying something. No, I was just going to uh, express my opinion on the song. Um, I like it quite a bit. I think that uh, the instrumentation um, at the beginning of the song really grabs me right away. It has this sort of almost medieval kind of fantasy-esque. It reminds me of the Final Fantasy IX soundtrack, actually. Uh, sort of feel to it. I don't know if the rest of the record is is um, has a similar sound, but Not I like really, that. No. Yeah, I like <laughs> that sort of. Uh, I don't know what it is. Whatever kind of flute, flute type instrument uh, is being played there in the beginning, but um, I like it a lot. It has this sort of uh, exotic, again, kind of a medieval feel for me. So I like this song quite a bit. It's uh, some some fellow named Stan Harrison. Thank you. Yeah, um, yeah it's. I have kind of like a. A, a mixed of opinion on uh, on on nanobots, uh, kind of and I have the same problem I have. It's a lot of the same problem I have with join us. It's like, wow, when it's good, it's really really good. When it's not so good, it's not so good. Though I will, I say, don't know. I I thought join us had like much lower lows. Yeah, I was gonna say like the lows on on join us. Well, the lowest low on join us is really really low, and the lowest low on nanobots is nowhere near that bad. Yeah, yeah. Like I don't think like I don't think Nanobots has any like bad tro- songs. I think it just has a couple that are kind of oh okay. Yeah. Well, here, here's here's the problem. Darlings of Lumberland was one of for me was one of those meh songs. Oh god. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> and I feel bad because this is we're closing the record with this. We're closing uh, the the show. Yeah, we're closing the show with this in almost literal sense. <laughs> uh, no, I I feel really bad. I really do. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, Matt, but I I, I can't help how i feel because uh, there's some really great songs you're on fire is a you know, instant classic um yeah and um nanobots oh, uh, itself uh, th- th- i love that um, whole, like sort of oh the sweets yeah the like suite of high yeah. line through uh tick yeah that, that, um, that is an utterly brilliant set of songs right there yeah and for me i i really like the um stone cold tour d'etat too a lot oh yeah that's good too yeah black i almost ops is, one, black ops is really good Yes, yes. Uh, I always like singing it like a black cops, black cops, like the guy who was on Family Matters. Uh, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> it, it's I don't know what Carl it is. was a cop on that show. Yeah, he was also in Die Hard. Um, yeah, yeah, that's true. And in Ghostbusters, he has a cameo in Ghostbusters. And also, wasn't he the cop in uh, Clue? I don't know the one. The one who shows up at the end and gets like shot like right immediately. I don't remember. I, don't, I haven't seen Clue in God knows how long. Oh God, you need to fix that. Clue is no. awesome. Anyway, but uh, it's. I, I wish. I wish. I. I heard. I got what you got out of Darlings of Lumberland. I feel bad. <laughs> I like it. <sighs> anyway, how's that for an awkward close? Nah, it was good. Speak. I belched. Yep. That's that's your awkward close. Yeah. Well, it, it's been fun, guys. Uh, Here's to a great year of music in 2014 and chatting about it when we can. Yep. Are we going to have like a a, 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 a musical, mon- a sad music montage now? I didn't make, I didn't prepare one. <laughs>
where where you're gonna like sh- play like you know some really cheesy string thing over pictures of like us all like going ah, 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 or or something like pointing at Skype. Oh, we could uh, use Green Day as the time of your life. Oh God, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like on the Seinfeld finale. <laughs> God, I hate that song. <laughs> uh, all right, let's tear the bandaid off. Ah, damn, that hurts. Okay. All right, guys. It's been fun. We'll uh, we we will talk soon. Sounds yes. good. Bye bye. Bye. Bye 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 bones.